You're listening to The Critical Thought, where we challenge our listeners to use critical thinking when examining the teachings of Jehovah's Witnesses. Hey, this is JT, and welcome to another episode of The Critical Thought. Hey there, Lady C here. How y'all doing this afternoon, this evening, or whatever time it is around the world? <laughs> yeah, we just wanted to reach out to everyone. Uh, today, if anyone's been watching television, you couldn't avoid what's taking place right now. And that is uh, the 20th year since 9-11. And as we was watching the television throughout the day, we was just thinking, you know, this is really an interesting time. And for us in many ways. Uh, the reason why is because we live here in Washington, D.C., and we were actually here when 9-11 hit. And we just wanted to share uh, some of our thoughts of what that day was like, um, and especially when we look at it and think of it in terms of being one of Jehovah's Witnesses and the way our religious teachings are, what we believe for those who are still in the organization uh, 9-11 was an interesting time for those who were involved in the Jehovah's Witness religion. Um, so Lady C and I, we just wanted to kind of walk you back through um, what that period for us was like. Um, I remember uh, for myself, it was really just a regular day. Uh, we got up in the morning, we turn on WTOP, which everybody in Washington listens to because you get the traffic and weather report. And just like on any other day, the Beltway is is busy, 270's backed up, Wilson Bridge is backed up, just a normal, regular day. Uh, Lady C and I, we, for years, we've always uh, commuted together, we drive in together. So like any other day, we drove downtown and I dropped her off for her job and I went on to my job and, and parked in the garage and, and went on upstairs. Um, beautiful day, in fact, today here in Washington, D.C., it's, it's, a, it's a very mild day, sun is bright just like it was, on 9-11. And I remember so vividly, I was with some friends uh, on my job. Uh, we had two people, uh, Lynn and Sharon, they worked in the same department. He said, we're going we're to go up to the, to the cafeteria and get something for breakfast and get a little coffee or something to drink. And I remember when we walked in, uh, what we saw was the television up on the wall. And it was actually the first uh, World Tower had been hit. And it was basically saying, though, an accident, plane hit the tower, plane hit the tower. And um, because I used to live in New York and when I was at Bethel, uh, there was always helicopters, people taking the tour rides around Bethel. Or either you had like little crop dusters that would fly by, they had like little banners, you know, advertising things and, and stuff, things of that nature. Uh, so when we heard of a plane hit accidentally, we said, oh man, that's messed up. And as we were standing there watching the television, the second tower got hit. And it was at that moment that everything changed because we, everybody realized that was no accident. Plus, it was not a small plane. It was a commercial plane, uh, which meant this commercial plane came from either LaGuardia, JFK, or from Newark. And we was like, oh, my goodness. And then at that point, everybody was on the phones. Phones were ringing. People were trying to make calls. Uh, it was just simply a very chaotic day um for myself we we were looking around we're like what do we do can we should we leave everybody's trying to figure out what to do people were trying to call their children their wives their husbands and then we heard the second notice was given 
And that is when the plane hit the Pentagon. And the Pentagon is literally just right outside of Washington, D.C. It sits over in the Arlington, Virginia area. Uh, you simply cross the 14th Street Bridge and it's there. And then, of course, word came out and it was just spreading around everywhere. The news reporters, local TV stations, that there is a fourth plane that is heading for Washington, D.C. And I mean, it, it was it, it, it was I mean, it was on. I mean, it, it, it was literally on. Um, and for my wife, it was even worse because of where she physically was actually located. Uh, Lady C, would you like to share uh, with the audience where you were in relationship to the Capitol? Because yeah. it changed everything. Yeah. I mean, you know, when on that day, it was like you said, just regular every day. You know, you dropped me off at work at the time. You know, we had just been out of the organization for about three years. And it was like, you know, we didn't we only had one car at the time. And so um, you were you know, dropping me off and everything. But I remember um, I wasn't nervous at first because, you know, everything was happening up in New York. And so we found out about the Pentagon getting hit. I think I don't even know when I found out about the Pentagon. I was it was like a big blur. But I do remember that because I work up the street from the Capitol. Yeah. And the next thing I knew, people in my office were like, it's coming to the Capitol. There's an airplane on its way to the Capitol. I had heard things about it had already crashed from it was on its way there to, you know, all kind of stuff. And I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. But I did keep my composure. And um, I remember you were telling me I'm on my way to get you. And I was so um, nervous. I could not. I'm the kind of person that I just cannot stand by waiting for somebody come, to come and get me. So I thought, you know what? I'm going to meet him, you know, because you only worked about seven blocks from me. So a good thing I did, because when I started walking yeah. towards the area that I knew the street that you'd be coming down. I looked up the street and I said, there's our red truck. Why is it turning on another street? <laughs> it yeah. was like, oh, yeah. my God. Yeah. So all to find out that the police were directing traffic and was, you know, making you go down another way. And of course, when I got ready to open up my phone to try to get a phone call out, it was like all circuits are busy. Awesome. Try your call again later. So there was no way to reach you. So thank goodness that the, it was like a um, gridlock, yeah. you know, driving, you know, in D.C. So I was able to literally walk and catch you to let you know, hey, here I am, which was perfect, perfect timing. Yeah, <laughs> it, it was it was it was amazing because um, I, the only way I can describe it is to think of a scene from a typical school at three o'clock. All the kid, the bell goes off and you've seen in the movies, all the kids run out of the building. Well, that's that's basically how it was um, on 9-11, because a lot of buildings hit their fire alarms to get the people to get out. And so when you go down to the garage, if you ever parked in an underground garage, you got to wait and get in line and behind other cars. And, you know, and so they just held the gate up. Just just go, go. And as you were coming out of the garage, you could see literally the streets and the sidewalk was just filled with people because all the buildings downtown were emptying out. So all of these people were just everywhere. And the, the street I had to get on to go pick up Lady C was, it was a one-way street. And so I, I told her, just stay there, I'll, I'm, I, I gotta pass you. But because she actually worked on Pennsylvania Avenue and the Capitol is also on Pennsylvania Avenue. 
and she's only just a few blocks away. They just blocked everything. And I remember the, the, the DC cop, he was like, go, 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 go. And, 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 and I'm like, I can't go. I, I got to keep going straight. I got to get my wife. I get my wife. And they just, the traffic just literally just made you just go over. And so that's what we did. You know, I pulled over and we, and we, we, we finally got together, but all the circuits were dead. You couldn't make any phone calls. Um, I mean, it was literally just on. And so that, yeah, I mean, and so that was a day that, that, you know, that, that you just, you never forget. Um, is if you've never been, when I, when I, when we see, we often talk about when we see people who are caught in things like Katrina, uh, people caught in tsunamis. Um, if you've never been caught in an event where literally just tens of thousands of people are trying to escape, it's, it's just unreal. It's, It's literally surreal. You, you really can't remember things and see things. You just remember moving. You just remember moving literally with the, with, with the crowd. And so for us, uh, this day, as we look back, you know, it, it, it just brings back memories. It's just so ironic. We, we actually got, I actually got a phone call today from one of the ladies uh, I work with. And she says, you know, JT, Lady C, it's been 20 years. And uh, she called that us was, up. That and, was interesting know. when we got yeah. and And I just told her. No, we're online, so I don't know if she is. Um, yeah, hope, yeah, we told her we're going to be online today. So, if, if Lynn, if you're out there, we 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 we, we <laughs> we're in your shout. But yeah, it was it was just simply an amazing day, and um, the impact that it had on people's lives and how it changed so many people uh, in the area that we live in. A lot of people they they work for the government, they work for the military, they work for the Pentagon, and so we had people who we knew of who had family who were actually in the building. In fact, we found out later on that one of the guys I used to work with, he had taken a job with a contractor and his assignment was actually the Pentagon. And he said that morning they had gotten like they normally do. They come in and then they go get something for breakfast over at the cafeteria. And it just so happens that that side of the building where their site was at was actually what was hit. He said they was over in the cafeteria and they literally felt the Pentagon move. And for anyone who's not familiar with the Pentagon, the Pentagon is, is probably one of the biggest buildings in the United States. It's, it's just huge. It's, it has like like rings and all the way out to what's called the E-ring. Um, just a huge building. Uh, I've had a chance to go into it a couple of times when I was a contractor and uh, you, you'll get lost. If you get lost, you'll, you'll walk around for hours trying to figure out where the door is at. Uh, the pen, the, I mean, the parking lot is, is like for you park as a civilian is like over a mile away. And so this building was hit and we knew people in our area that we that live near us. Some of our neighbors, they actually worked there and we got a chance to find out, you know, that they they made it out. OK, but I mean, the impact, it was just it was just unreal. And so what happened for us uh, was just simply a personal life experience. Um, we saw something in the paper that we thought was just so interesting how it was worded. It's been 20 years now. And the paper made the point that because of being 20 some years, there is literally a generation of young people who are now growing up where 9-11 is not going to be a memory for them. It is going to be history. And I thought about that. I said, you know, it's amazing that if a child was four, three, five years old, they really probably don't have any memory of 9-11. So when someone asked the question, you know, where were you on 9-11? Many of us as adults, we can describe exactly where we were, what we was doing, what was going on that 
on that that morning because for us it's a memory but the passing of time will for some make it more nothing more than part of history and the reason why we we, we make that point and we, we wanted to stress that today is because we come from a religion that has a long historical record of taking world tragedies, uh, world events, and trying to literally scare people to death. Uh, Lady C, would you like to share some of the correspondence, some of the phone calls we got, conversations that we had because of 9-11 coming from people who were still in the organization? Yeah, I remember my uh, father had recently stopped going to meetings and there was a brother that he knew that said, hey, he sent him an email and said, uh, get back to the Kingdom Hall because it don't start it. That's exactly how he said it. He said, it don't start it, yeah. talking about that the end was here. And just a lot of people were just, you know, going back to the Kingdom Hall because yeah. they thought that the end of the world was here. And they were, you know, saying, this is my answer. You know, yeah. I've been on the fence. I've been, you know, undecided. And people that really hadn't, you know, thought about going to meetings and things, they were right there. I had, cousins, I had a lot of cousins mm -hmm. that, you know, when I grew up, they were nowhere around. Uh, when I was, you know, being, you know, jeered at, laughed at for not celebrating holidays and things like that, they were living their lives. Those people, you know, they came into the organization during yeah. uh, that 9-11 situation. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, the, the, the reports that we were getting from people who had family, and including ourselves, you know, after 9-11, Kingdom Halls were packed. I mean, just just packed. People coming back, you know, uh, many of the elders uh, all around the world, they, they, they use this as an excellent tool to teach, to scare people, circuit overseers. And at this time, district overseers were still in action. L, local elders, this was a talking point. You know, this is it. This is this is just letting us know when the last days is almost over. It's wrapping up. I mean, the whole scare people to death routine was just run on so many people. And I remember having a conversation with a former elder. He's now a former elder. Uh, and he was saying, no, JT, you know, this this is it. And I said, well, let me ask you something, man. I said, you know, it's, it's, it's terrible. I mean, it's terrible. But what happened to the true peace and security? I thought we were supposed to get the true peace and security before the end came. And he sat there and he was like, oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. I said, well, I thought things were supposed to get so nice and so wonderful in the world that the nations would look around and say, we can declare true peace and security. So how is it that they're going to declare true peace and security and, and we're going to send 20,000 soldiers overseas? And so you could just see his mind starting to, to, to run like, yeah, the teachings is not quite in order, are they? And, and, and of course, we know now 20 years later. Uh, the same as it was if you lived in 1914 and 20 years later, you're looking at another event. And so what we're looking at is once again, the organization gets hyped up. They get all antsy as, as, as some say, you know, they get their, they get their panties in a bunch as it were. And so that's what happened right after. And now 20 years later, 20 years later, all those kingdom halls that were packed, you couldn't find a seat. They have nobody attending the meetings to the point that the organization has been on a rampage trying to consolidate 
congregations together to make up one full kingdom hall. My mom told me, she said that they consolidated the congregation I grew up in as a kid. And she was talking to someone who still goes. And the sister told my mom, she said, she says, it's amazing. So many people at the hall now. People are just showing up. The crowds are large. You know, the attendance is good. And my mom was like, well, y'all just combined two congregations together. I mean, what you expect? Of course, the kingdom hall is full. And so what we had looked forward to of having two congregations in the county that I was from, because people had to drive all the way from one side of the county to the kingdom hall. We put two kingdom halls up because we had so many people attending. And now, 20 years after 9-11, they've had to shut one of the kingdom halls down and put it up for sale. And so the organization um, uses this to scare people, the scare tactics that the organization uses, and they're very effective. Perhaps many of you may have been individuals who actually went back. Uh, we know people who went back and we know people who after a few years, they were like, I can't do this. Because when they got back, what they found was exactly what they left. The very same thing. Jump higher, jump higher, run faster, run faster, do more, do more. And so as you look back on today, on your own life, think about what has happened to you, where you have come from and where you have gone to and where you're going. Um, I, I really feel sorry when I look back at many of the people who were left behind. I remember uh, on the day of 9-11, uh, the conversations I had with people who were still in the organization, people who had Bethel, people who had family at Bethel, and the way the organization responded was just very, very sad. Uh, they saw people literally walking across the bridge. Anyone who's seen how Brooklyn Bethel is located is right at the, basically at the base of the Brooklyn Bridge, basically. And so, you know, thousands of people were leaving Manhattan, lower Manhattan, coming over into Brooklyn, basically Brooklyn Heights. And it was amazing what the organization did. People were looking out the windows at Bethel and they were told to close the curtains and get back to work. That's right. They were told to close the curtains and get back to work. The brothers were told, lock the doors, lock the doors. People all up and down the street, lock the doors. Now, what makes this so interesting is this is a church. This is a religion. Most people, when there is an emergency, people just jump in and start helping out. Why Sarah, on a typical day, feeds almost 3,000 people at Bethel when I was at Bethel. Three times a day. Three, that's 9,000 people are being fed. 9,000 meals are being fed for two people. The Watchtower could have set up something right at the door, around the sidewalk. Here's a bottle of water. Here's a bath towel. Now wipe your face off. Nah, so I didn't do that. They locked the doors and closed the windows. Kind of remind what happens when people, when witnesses come to people's houses. They lock the doors, they close the windows. And that's what the Watchtower did. And they did this as a church, as a religion. Of course, Bad news, bad publicity, not looking good, realizing this don't really look good. And finally, they relented and allowed themselves to help people. This is the same organization that claims to be God's true organization. Um, it, it's just amazing. And so now, some 20 years later, this is where we are. This is where we are. 
Lady C, when you look back at that day, um, did you ever think you would be where you are today 20 years later? You know, I haven't even really thought about it like that. I just know that time moves on. Yeah. And it's like, it doesn't matter what happens. There, there's been so many atrocities that's happened since 9-11, a lot of things. And, and one of the things I would like to say is people think that in the United States, that when something happens to someone in a Western country or in like the United States, it's like, why are we the center of the universe? It's like, just because something happened in the United States doesn't mean that the end is coming because there's a lot of places, you know, like overseas yeah. that have had atrocities and they have different things happening in their countries too. Yeah. So why aren't these people treated as if something is bad happening to them? Yeah. How come the end isn't coming because of that country? Yeah. Why does it have to be the United States? Yeah. Um, why do they have to be involved in an atrocity? Oh, now God sees that people are attacking the United States. So obviously, yes, it is near. The end is near. Yeah. That is so whack. Yeah, it is. I mean, realistically, people have been suffering around the world for, 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 for decades and centuries. And of course, the organization perks up many times when it happens in a, in a Western country, as it were. But people, there have been people who've been suffering and struggling for years. And yet the Watchtower will take these types of events and they will try to put some significance on it. I mean, some of the talks that people were giving about 9-11, they are simply designed to scare people. And there are people now who have reached a point in their lives that, that this is not what we need to be doing. And they have left the organization. I mean, the organization now is in a situation that it has never found itself. It cannot control its people. It cannot control the flow of information. And people are starting to take a second look at what they were a part of. You know, we had left by that time. And I'm so thankful because as I look back now, you see world events. And you realize that they are often just simply a spot on the channel of history of mankind. I can only imagine that the Jehovah's Witnesses who were around in 1914, they too looked out and said, the world is ending because of World War I. And today, today, 1914 is not a memory. 1914 is simply history. And now, this 9-11 event that many of us will take as memories. There is a new generation of young people who this will not be a memory for them. It will be a point in history. And the Jehovah's Witnesses are still sitting around waiting, waiting for the end to come. The end to come that was predicted by an organization to take place over 100 years ago. At some point, at some point, you've got to ask yourself, where is the problem? The problem is very clear. This organization has predicted the end of the world for in excess of 100 years. It's around the corner. It's near the corner. And the problem is, and, and, and this is really what makes it so sad, the organization has expected, required, and demanded that people literally, literally, give up their life and just move Watchtower products because the end is going to be soon. And today we see our parents, our grandparents, they're reaching the end of their lives. I mean, that's, it, 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 it really just touches me because I, I've seen my parents literally grow old. 
And many of you who are watching this video right now, right now, if you were raised as one of Jehovah's Witnesses, you know what you was promised. You was promised by God that before the generation of 1914 dies out, this world all around us will be paradise. Our parents believe that. We made life choices. Our parents made life choices. And unfortunately, very unfortunately, many of us are now seeing the consequences. We are literally being impacted by the consequences of those choices that we made that were just simply bogus. The Watchtower has no more idea when the world is going to end than a wino downtown D.C. In fact, you could have asked a wino downtown D.C. when the world would come to the end and he would have been no more wrong than the Watchtower has been for the last hundred and almost 150 years almost. And that's sad to have so many people around the world put their lives on hold just to move your products. That is so sad. And so today is a, is a, is a, is a day for many people uh, who were experiencing this, who lived through this, to reflect back on people who lost their lives, uh, people who were trying to save people who lost their lives. And we see that as a group of people, as former Jehovah's Witnesses, Jehovah's Witnesses who are on the fence, we see that we were literally part of a group that took advantage of our natural fears and used it to work against us because we simply look at where we are now. But as we've always said, um, regardless of what you've experienced, where you are right now, there is life after Watchtower. And for us, it's been over 20 years of life after Watchtower. And I would never, never go back. People have often asked us that question, JT, if they change this or change that, would you go back? Absolutely not, you must be crazy. And so, <laughs> and so it's, it's when you come to fully understand that this is not the truth. Because when things happen around the world, some people will say, well, maybe I need to go back. Uh, maybe they got something right. When you really understand that, that we work for a book publishing company, when you really worked, all we did was hawking books. When you really understand that we are part of a high control group, yes, a cult. When you understand that, there's nothing that's going to make you want to go back. Not a thing. But, you know, it's, it, and it goes beyond that, because when you think about um, if you are serving God for mm -hmm. the right reason, it doesn't make a difference where you are. It's almost like, um, are you only doing this because of what you're going to get? Are you only trying to, you know, be at a kingdom? Because in other words, they're saying get to the kingdom hall because this is where the safety is going to be. So my thing is, if, the, if it's so safe being at the kingdom hall, then why is everybody on Zoom meetings, you know, during COVID? Because if if that was a safety net, no one would get COVID at the hall. I mean, I mean, this is the way they 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 present it, as if to say that being at this Kingdom Hall is like some kind of a underground uh, safety net for people to be at. So it's just critical thinking. It's just when you start thinking about um, why do we have to be at the hall every time something bad happens? I got to go back to this building. But then during the pandemic, no, everybody is being forbidden to go to this building. So it, it just makes you think about being, in other words, you got to stop being so emotional. Um, like when I was thinking about the 9-11, uh, even though we were just fresh leaving the organization, 
you know, we had been gone long enough to understand that this is not the truth. Yeah. So we didn't get all emotional about, oh, this is happening. All this, where are we going to go now? How are we going to be yeah. saved? Because because you're not going to be in no specific place. You know, there's no specific place that you're going to be where you're going to be getting some kind of salvation for whatever. If God sees you, thinks that you should be saved, he's going to save you no matter where you are. And so you you don't have to be at the watchtower, you know. Yeah, it's, it's, it's the, the organization creates itself. That's why they call it the ark, as they often use. We're like the ark. Come, come, get into the ark. <laughs> right. And, uh, <laughs> but yeah, but and so, and so witnesses uh, will often use this fear. Uh, we've talked to people who they experienced this fear. They went back, and now they're gone because they see the same thing is there that was there before they before they left. And so it's, it's, it's been a very interesting day. Uh, we, we've watched a number of different shows today. Uh, many of you have watched perhaps shows yourself in your area. Um, and it's, it's a time of reflection. But when you look at it from the context that for the vast majority of us on this program right now, we think about how we would have viewed this if we were still in the organization. For those of us who were still there at that time, how we viewed it. And we just like for people to share their own personal experience. What was it like for you? Being involved in the Jehovah's Witness religion around 9-11. And so in the comments, that we're going to leave this behind so people can leave comments later on. Feel free. Just share with people what it was like, what you experienced, and what did you learn? Because we learned a lot. We learned that you cannot predict when God is going to bring the world to an end. And to try to grab hope to any little thing that happens around the world and use that to scare people. It doesn't work. You can't scare people to serve God. You, you just can't. And that's what the Watchtower, unfortunately, uses time and time again. Unfortunately, it is a very effective tool for some people. But for others, they realize this is, you know, this is not the case. And so we just wanted to take the opportunity today just to share with you guys uh, what we actually saw and experienced living here in the Washington, D.C. area for 9-11. This has been JT. And this has been Lady C. Take care and everyone enjoy the balance of your day. So I'm just going to look at these um, comments here. Okay. And see if um, anybody wants to comment. Okay. I've been I've been putting the comments okay. right here on the screen. So um, let's see. And we just want to thank everybody who jumped on. We, we were just sitting so let's just share something with some people. And, and so we just want to thank everybody for, for popping in and, and, and leaving their thoughts and everything. And we're going to put this up on up on YouTube as well. And you, people can comment yeah. on the it's YouTube on, as well. Yeah, It's on YouTube now. Okay, good. Yeah, we're, 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 we're broadcasting through StreamYard. Yeah. Thanks for, thanks for the comment, Tammy. Yeah. Yeah, Lynn, I'm, I'm with you on that. It's, 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 it'll be very difficult to go back. It'd be very difficult to go back. Uh, as they say, you know, it, it, it reminds you of the of we often make the comparison because for, for, for formal witnesses, we know how this really works. It, it reminds us of the Wizard of Oz, uh, Dorothy, the Scarecrow, the Tin Man, the Lion. They ran around literally in fear until they found out the truth about the Oz. And for many of us, that's exactly the way we felt 
Uh, when we begin to critically start digging into the organization, asking questions that we weren't supposed to ask, reading books we weren't supposed to read and having conversations with people we weren't supposed to be having conversations with. That's how many of us felt. It was as if like the little dog just pulled the curtain from behind and we saw what was going on. And once you realize what's going on, uh, it, it, you can't go back. Um, if a person leaves the organization because of something they may have done, they may feel that well, I sinned, I did what was wrong. But I'm going to tell you, when people leave this organization for doctrinal reasons, that's why I tell people, you know, I had no problem with none of the witnesses. I got along fine. I was well-respected as an elder. Fine. Everything's good. So when people try to run that thing about, you know, you weren't happy. No, I was busy. We, we, they had us rolling like a dog. Okay. But I left because of doctrinal reasons. And so you can't change the basic core doctrines. We speak for God, shut up and listen. That's what they teach. There are eight men in New York who basically, they speak for God. If you don't listen to what they say, you lose God's favor. And when you realize that, nah, this is not the case. These guys are just simply men who are pretending to be what they're not. And more and more people are starting to realize that. And, and they're just moving on with their lives. It takes time to get it, get it together for all of us because we lost so much. Many of us lost careers. We lost school opportunities. I cannot imagine what could have been discussed. And, and think about this. In the last 20 years, in the last 20 years, you're looking at a situation where every year there would have been Jehovah's Witness kids who were graduating with college degrees in science, in medicine, in technology, and all the possible things that those kids could have actually begun to put in place. Every year, a different crop of kids would have graduated for the last 20 years. All of that brain power, all of that intelligence, simply not put to use because of what they were being taught. Right. And so you see how the organization will use people for their own personal benefits. We want the lawyers now, but you couldn't be a lawyer if you wanted to be a lawyer. You know, they, they, if it does not benefit the organization, you will not see them back up or slow down. But if it benefits you, you need to slow down. You need to reconsider. Think about this. Should you be doing this? That's what they'll tell you. And so, you know, it, it's, it's, been, it's been a very interesting, it's been a very interesting journey. And uh, we encourage everybody to continue to do what you've always done. Ask the critical thinking questions and be willing to accept what the answers are, right. even if you don't like what the answer is. I just want to just send a thank you, a shout yeah. out to the Higher Evolutionary for your contribution and also to Awake.com. Thank yeah. you so much. Appreciate oh, yeah, your support. Yeah. Yeah, we appreciate everyone. We really support, appreciate yeah. everyone, you know, coming out and, um, you know, being on our videos and, you know, being there in our audience. Um, a lot of times we don't always get a chance to do as many videos as we like because uh, we're, our schedule is so busy. Yeah. So um, we just always appreciate I'm telling you, I try to read all the comments yeah. that we get when people are um, commenting on our videos. Yeah, we appreciate that. And um, you guys are wonderful. The things that you say, um, your experiences. Um, yes. You just wish we could just, you know, talk to everybody personally. We don't always get a chance to do that. But I tell you, I'm working through my list. So <laughs> if anyone has called or emailed, and I'll tell you this. One thing happened to me. I was looking for an email the other day and I couldn't find it. And I went to the junk mail. I said, maybe I went to the junk mail. 
And when I went to the junk mail, I saw a lot of emails that got in there by mistake. Yeah. So if you've ever tried to email us or anything like that, let us, you know, just keep trying because um, we're not ignoring you. But the, the bottom line is that those emails just may be going to the junk mail. We didn't realize yeah, it, yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah. So we just want to let you guys know we really appreciate you. Yep, <laughs> you know? absolutely. Yeah. I'm trying to look. I'm trying to read all these comments here. Mm -hmm. It's kind of okay. yeah. it's like a sea of words when you're when you're like on a live feed yeah. and you're talking trying to be, trying to be, and you're scrolling trying up. to look at the camera and you're also trying to <laughs> read these comments. Yeah. It's like wow, there's a lot of um comments, uh, nice comments that people are leaving here. I appreciate we appreciate that. everybody. Yeah. And um, somebody else. Um, I'll put him up here. Thank you so much. Mm -hmm. Merlot72. <laughs> appreciate you. <laughs> yeah. Thanks so much. Yeah. So, yeah. So, in fact, what we what we have been what we, what we are looking at, just just to put something just put something out. Um, we, we're trying this new we, we, with the help of many of you. We've been able to look at this new technology that we're using now, and we want to try to see if we can use it to do more live shows, to actually have uh, open forums, something like that, um, where you can ask questions. Uh, we can discuss things that, as you know, you can't discuss at the Kingdom Hall. Uh, <laughs> you can't ask the brothers many times, but we can discuss it here. Uh, we can talk about it here uh, because we all realize that this has impacted our life. Um, this is, as, as they say, this is no joke. This is no joke. Uh, people have lost families. People have lost relatives uh, to this organization who have literally just cut them off, have nothing at all to do with them. But that's okay. That That's okay. Mm -hmm. Because that is all by design. And that is why we cannot stress it enough that the internet is literally a game changer. It opens up doors. And whether with us or on our channel, any channel you go to, and, and, and I want you to think about any channel you go to as you read people's comments. If you see someone's comment and something rings and you say, that sounds like me, reach out to these people. Reach out to these people. We can help. You know, you know every hand can, can, can help. Every, as they say, every voice can lift up and help. Um, and so if you, we, we, have, we, have, we have people who have left the organization. And they have work, and they work with us. They tell us, JT, if you guys can't call somebody, or if you can't get back to somebody, shoot, shoot, shoot them to me. I'll, I'll reach out and touch base. And if you can do that, do that, uh, because there's a lot of people around the world. We we just got off the phone just a couple of nights ago with a gentleman in Japan. We had to set it up like what was it, fourteen hours? I think like what was it, like fourteen hours, thirteen hours difference. Mm -hmm. We had to set up because it was one day over here in America and another day over in Japan. We set it up and this particular gentleman spoke English and he was literally translating for someone who only spoke the Japanese language. I mean, there are people all around the world who are waking up, looking around and realizing something is wrong. And all people need, the, the only thing that a person needs in this organization to get out is a confirmation, is a confirmation. Once you can confirm in your mind, this is something wrong with this thing, you're out. You're out. And that is what the organization does not want you to get. They don't want you to get a confirmation. And that's why they tell people, don't read nothing negative about us. Don't go on the Internet and look at anything. Don't listen to anything because they know people will get a confirmation and they will be gone. That's when we left. 
We got our confirmation. And at that point, I had to turn my flock book in. I couldn't even give public talks anymore. I would call up a ministerial sir. I call him up and I say, look, uh, I'm supposed to give a talk over in Southeast next year. Uh, could you could you fill in for me this weekend? And he was so excited. Yeah, right, JT, I got you covered. I got you covered. All right, man. Appreciate that. Appreciate that, man. Because I couldn't stay on the stage and give no talk after a while. I just could not I couldn't stand. remember when I was saying oh, to you goodness. and I was like, what is it about these talks? Because you weren't you weren't sharing I, the information I, I, I with me right at the time. I couldn't do, I couldn't do and it. And I was like, oh, it's only an hour. I couldn't do it. But at the time, I didn't realize that you were like, you know, getting ready to pack up and get out of there. Pack up. <laughs> Even though I could count field service time doing a public talk, I still I still couldn't do it. I still couldn't do it. So, it was crazy. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it is it, it, it has been an eventful day. Uh, I know here in the Washington, D.C. area. There's been a lot of celebration, a lot of you know memorializing and people getting together. Um, it's, it's somber, but it's also reflective. And people are looking at it and seeing this has happened, but we're going to move forward. And the same as people around the world deal with issues as witnesses, as formal witnesses, we can go through this, deal with it and move forward as well. And like I said, we just want to thank everybody who jumped on the last minute notice. Uh, we'll see if we can get it more organized and give you time to get situated next time so more people can participate. But we just want to thank everybody who came in. And uh, I mean, we, we just had no idea when we set this channel up that we would be able to reach out and touch and impact as many people as we've come to realize over the last few years. I mean, it, 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 it's, it's really been, you, you know people are hurting, you know people want to know, but you just have no idea how many folks want to get out of this thing. And for a lot of people, they're just in a situation right now. They're just in a situation. And once their situation changes or improves, they're gone. They're gone. And so we just tell people, you know, hang in there. Just just realize that, that you're just going to deal with this for the time being. And when you're out, hit the ground running. Hit the ground running. That's what we tell people. And JT, I want to send out a special thank you to you because you made my job easy today. Because <laughs> if we had to do this and we weren't on live, I would have to be sitting here trying to edit. You know, oh, yeah. so it's, it's, sometimes it's really nice doing a uh, a live um a live video because at that point, once we're done, I don't have to edit anything. Oh yeah, it's, it's, so it's it makes out. it so much nicer. So we're going to start doing, like you said, we're going to start doing this yeah. more often. I mean, you're you gonna know? get you, you, you'll get everything. You'll get blemishes and everything, errors, <laughs> mistakes, outtakes. It'll all just be live. But hey, it's all right. good. It's all good. It's and you forgot good. to take off your glasses. Well, oh. <laughs> <laughs> but, but there's a joke about the glasses. That's it's, just a joke. Don't worry. We, we don't wear our glasses because of the glare. Yeah, the glare. I'm yeah. blind as a bat without these glasses. Let me put yeah, blind as a bat. Uh, but yeah, so okay. we yeah, we, have, we have to get the non-glare glasses. The non-glare. Am I? Yeah. Is, is, can you see the glaring? Okay. Okay. Anyway, that's why we don't wear our glasses yeah. during the uh, it's broadcast. Been good. Yeah, it's been good. You know, but I got mine on right now. Maybe that's why I couldn't see the um the stuff on the screen because I didn't have on my glasses. But I don't yeah. need glasses to read. You okay. know. Yeah. But yeah. So anyway, so we um we love you guys, yeah. and um we're we're working on some more videos right now. I, I probably got about fifty videos that I need to do, but it takes a little bit of time. So um you know we're gonna get there. We're gonna get these videos out. Um. We're going to be doing a, a series of videos pretty soon. So be on the lookout for those as soon as I can get my schedule right. So anyway, so um, we are going to um, 
Are they still putting messages up here? This is oh, okay. It's still putting. Oh, it's good. Okay. We'll, we'll 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 have to work with them over there on the um YouTube yeah. side and start chatting yeah. back and forth when we get absolutely, done with the absolutely. Yeah, yeah. But we're gonna but, jump on. Yeah, we're gonna. Yeah, once we get off stream, you we're gonna jump over on YouTube right quick then. Yeah. Okay. So we're gonna start doing this more often. Yeah. All right. But and, I, and I think yeah, I saw, everybody's been asking, so we we we're just gonna try to see if we can work right. it in and get it done. Yeah. And I think I saw our buddy up the street, Mark O'Donnell, said hi. So hey, oh, Mark, hey man, how's Mark it going? Timmy, how y'all doing? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah it's, it's it's funny that after all these years of of, of listening to them, and, and it just never really done. They actually live up the. They live. We're here in the DC. We put about four, I guess about forty five minutes, about forty five minutes from him. So it's it's all good, man. It's all good. <laughs> it's yeah. All so we're good. gonna eventually get up there and visit with. Yeah, them. we're gonna get up there. We, hey, we, we're coming. Hey, we're coming up, and we're gonna go up to the harbor. Go out for yeah. go out for lunch or dinner at the harbor. Right. Absolutely. All right, then. All right everybody. Peace out. Peace have a out. Great day. Take care. We'll have a bye. On the other side. All right. Bye-bye. This program was sponsored by Critical Thinkers.